What's up, guys? I am so happy you're here. I'm your host, Katrina Richardson, and you're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, where we take a look at the painful things that we go through in life and discover how God can use them for a purpose, for His purpose. My prayer through this podcast is that you will be reminded on a weekly basis that even though times are hard, and just because you don't understand all the whys, doesn't mean God can't use this and turn it into a beautiful, beautiful testimony. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Purpose Through Pain. I am here with my friend Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited. So why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Chelsea, like (laughs) you just said, Um, and I am a hairstylist and a worship leader. Um, Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I guess we're just going to go ahead and dive in to the main part of the topic today. So go ahead and just tell us about a time in your life where you experienced pain, whether that was physical pain, emotional pain, whatever it was. Tell us about that time. Well, uh, sadly, I feel like a lot of us have a lot of different things that we could talk about, but I was really trying to figure out like what exactly would the Lord want me to say? And Really, the time that he took me back to was there was a few years where I lived overseas and I did missions, and it was amazing. It was a great time, and I lived in uh, in Zambia. Oh, and wow. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever done, and that's what everyone always says. Was it so awesome? Like, it was so awesome. It followed with, but it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those strange things because I don't think I realized how hard it was um, and that I even had any pain or trauma until I got back to the States, which is kind of a, a different kind of feel. Yeah. Um, but while over there, what I realized is, um, well, one, it's a very different culture. Absolutely. Yeah. If you've never experienced living overseas or even, you know, living from the South of the States to the North of the States, to the East, to the West, it's completely Mm -hmm. different everywhere you go because our culture is just so extremely different. Um, everywhere, uh, it's definitely an experience uh, that will change you. Yeah. It'll definitely change you. And so while I was there, I think I realized, uh, you know, if you don't have a great support system, you don't necessarily, how do I put this? You don't always understand what is truth and what is not truth. So mm-hmm. things that are spoken over you or spoken to you, sometimes that ends up, well, being pain. Yeah. So I don't really know how to get into this, um, but I think one of the hardest things that I experienced once I was there was struggling feeling like I was overseas and I was giving my life to this mission, but that I hadn't made a difference. And... And I think that we all struggle with that, whether it's overseas, whether it's here, and whether it's at your job or whatever, and you start to wonder, like, am I even making a difference? Am I even doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, what is going on in my life? And I had someone invite me over to their house, and it was a very close friend of mine um, at the time. And I came over, and and she was struggling uh, with postpartum depression, and I didn't realize it at the time. She had just had a baby. 
and she basically spoke a lot of things over me that were already, you know, we already speak things over ourselves, whether they ever come out of our mouth or not. And we, we speak lies over ourselves, we speak hurts over ourselves. And, and like I said, I'd already been, been telling myself, like, what are you even doing? Mm-hmm. Even making a difference. And as we sat there, she spoke so many things over me. And one of them being, you will never be effective in ministry as a woman if you're single. And that, you know, I didn't have anyone to tell me any different. Mm. No one was there with me. So you just believed it. So I started thinking, not only have you not made a difference, but you're not going to make a difference because of your situation. And that was the beginning of years and years of hurt. Um... Yeah, it was a very interesting time. Man, I can't even imagine that. Um, so, how, and I mean, you feel like you've already kind of explained part of this, but how did it impact the different areas of your life? How did it impact your ministry? I mean. Well, I'm a very outgoing person. Um, and I don't know if anyone knows anything or if you know anything about the Enneagram. I love talking about it. It's mm-hmm. a crazy thing. Yes. I, mean, I don't even want to get into it. But, um, <laughs> I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And I'm, so I'm very outgoing. I, I love life. I love people. And the mm-hmm. thing about the sevens is you want to go, you want to go, you want to go. And so moving across the country for me was like, yes, let's do it. This is awesome. And after this trauma, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I was very reserved, very quiet because I just, I was like, I'm doing everything wrong. And so I just pulled way back and I, I definitely got into a depression and I don't even think I realized it because, well, I didn't have anyone around me to look at me and go, Chelsea, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a different culture and, well, they don't really ask you those kind of questions when you're there. And so even moving home after living overseas for a couple of years, because about two months after that conversation, um, I ended up moving home because my dad was sick and I was in the States for five months before my dad passed away. And so, of course, all of this happened and I just blamed everything on my dad's death. I was like, oh, I just can't handle the fact that my dad died. Mm-hmm. And I started looking back at like, okay, but where where did the trauma start? And like, why are you still in this like, I'm afraid to go anywhere. I'm afraid to do anything. I don't want to leave. I want to be at home all the time. I just... I don't really want to put myself out there even in ministry. Like, I'm just very timid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, of course it's dad's death. And I was like, no, no, it was farther back. And so I don't even think I realized what had happened until years when I, later when I was trying to actually process through yeah. what had happened. So in the midst of this trauma, in the midst of, you know, feeling like you're not being effective because you know, just being effective in ministry, being effective because you're a single woman. How were you feeling towards God at this time? What was your relationship like with him? You know, I have the strangest, I don't know anyone else that has said this and maybe we just don't voice these kind of things, but my relationship with God, even if I'm in the worst funk ever, just not in a good place, um, my relationship with him doesn't actually change because I'm, I sit here and I'm like, okay, Lord, you're the one that actually knows my heart the most. Mm -hmm. I don't have to hide from you. 
I don't have to walk away from you. I don't have to wonder if you still love me because I know you do. I know you actually are still there and I, I don't understand it. I think it really is only by the grace of God, but I'm so thankful that I never feel the need to run away from the Lord. And in those moments, honestly, like I wanted to run away from people. Yeah. Which is never something that an Enneagram said wants to do. <laughs> Absolutely I not. All yeah. The time. But I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around disappointing someone else. Because mm-hmm. I think that's where I was. I didn't want to disappoint anyone else, but I, I looked at the Lord and I knew that no matter what, I hadn't disappointed him. Like even in things where I'm, I remember telling the Lord at one point, like I can't lead worship and, and do it right. And the Lord saying like, well, why? And I'm like, well, I, I just, I just don't know that I have anything to give. And he's like, well, why don't you have anything to give? And I'm just like, I'm just not, I'm not good enough. Like, mm-hmm. like I haven't. I haven't done enough. I'm not good enough. And I really just felt like the Lord in that moment said, well, you've never been good enough. Mm. It's because I'm good enough. You can do all things because I'm good enough. Like I'm the one that gives you strength to do it. And of course we know the scripture, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Mm -hmm. And I truly am so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that he's given me the ability to, see him for who he really is even when i couldn't see myself or my situation for what it was Mm -hmm. i feel like that brings just a whole other layer layer of comfort um you know just knowing that you can't disappoint him and yeah um so were you able ever able to like move past that that lie that you were telling yourself or that lie that you were believing where are you at with that now i was but you know it wasn't just i mean there were other things i just Obviously, I'm um, speaking certain things about that conversation that I had. Mm-hmm. That were it was just very um, the opposite of life giving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think coming back to the states and and truly seeing the way that the American church is, and the truth is, there are a lot of different denominations and a lot of different churches who um, see women in ministry in different ways. But I had been blessed to be a part of a church that had always championed me and always Mm -hmm. loved me. Um, And so coming back, I didn't feel like I wasn't effective here. Honestly, it was like coming back to a comfort zone because I had friends and family that understood me. So I didn't feel like I was doing it alone anymore. Yeah. Um, But it still definitely took me a long time to not get in ministry but to open up to other people because mm-hmm. I didn't want to give anybody else that space to crush me or hurt me again yeah like that like your friend had so do you think it was just like a Zambia culture thing that women can't do this or women in single like I think a little bit well honestly and I do not blame my friend mm-hmm. um, I've been back since then it took me four years to go back because I I really just felt like I had failed in every way. And in four years after being back here, um, actually after speaking to my pastor in Zambia, he spoke a lot of life over me. And he just like told me, he's like, Chelsea, I don't think that our family could have made it in ministry without your help. Like we knew God was gonna send someone to help us do this and 
because you came, this has changed and this has changed and our culture of worship has changed and all of these things that I had, I had told myself, like, you didn't make an impact at all. Mm-hmm. And I realized sitting there talking to my pastor that I had started to believe a lie mm-hmm. that had started to cripple me. Yeah. And so I decided to go back to Zambia. And when I went, I got to meet with my friend again, the one who had spoken just some pretty awful things to me. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to see, like, I've heard this my whole life, but hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I knew going back, she wasn't intentionally trying to hurt me. Yeah. She was probably speaking things over me that she felt about herself. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she was going through postpartum depression. Yeah. And so she probably felt herself like she was a woman that could not be effective in ministry. Mm-hmm. That she had taken herself out of the running and she was hurting and she pushed that on to someone else as well. Yeah. And I understand that because I do believe that as hard as it is to admit, you know, there have been points in my life where I was hurting and I hurt others as well. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not intentional, but it's something that does happen. Um, so you did mention, you know, Philippians 4.13 earlier. Are there any other specific verses that helped you get through this time? Yeah, I think, like I said, I don't even think I realized that I was dealing with trauma. Yeah, yeah. When I was there. But now coming back and looking at what I dealt with, there were specific things that the Lord spoke over me. And I, one of the things I realized is that I had lost my joy. Mm-hmm. which, you know, not my happiness. Uh, it's okay if I'm not happy all the time, which is a hard thing to, to swallow <laughs> for me. But it was my joy. Um, it, had, it had vanished. Mm-hmm. And I actually had someone, I was uh, teaching a series on worship for the hub ministry for the purchased um, women who worked there, which was, a crazy opportunity that they wanted me to speak to them. That was just, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Um, but while I was there, they wanted to pray over me, which was such a great moment. And one of the women started praying and they just spoke over me and they said, the Lord is telling me that he is going to restore your joy. Mm. And that was the moment when I realized, Lord, that is what I'm missing. I'm missing my joy. The thing that was so overwhelming in my life for years and years and years. The thing that was easy for me to find, it was never hard to find joy in the midst of anything. And I, I hadn't experienced that in years. Yeah. And so the Lord just kept speaking, um, Psalm 30 verse five. And it's the, you know, the, the sorrow may last through the night joy comes in the morning. Mm. Um, and so in, honestly, any verse that started speaking about joy mm-hmm. and hope, and it just made me realize, like, the Lord had greater things. And even um, a verse that I always tend to come back to, which is a very, it's a very strange verse, but it gives me a lot of peace, and it's Psalm um, 118, verse 6. I'm just going to read it real quick. Um, it says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Um, the Lord is with me and he is my helper. I will, um, I look in triumph on my enemies. 
And it's just that, it's that part that says, what can mere mortals do to me? And I think a lot of times I put way too much stock in what other people think and what other people have said and what other people believe about themselves, about me, about the Lord. And the truth is like, what can mere mortals do to me? Because it really is the Lord's joy and the Lord's strength that gets me through Mm -hmm. everything that I'm doing. And so I had to look back and realize, even though it was just one person that spoke this, well, words of death over me, Mm -hmm. I could go back and make that a moment of, of growing yeah, and learn from that and be better because of that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I love that because, you know, just like what that verse says, what can mere mortals do to me? And earlier, you know, you were saying about how God's like, you knew you hadn't disappointed God. And that's, that's the one that matters, you know, and just being reminded of that. Um, So what would you say now? Would you say now that you think you can be effective in ministry? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that I am even now, like I love the fact that I get to do ministry and I don't think that you have to be on staff at church. I don't think Mm -hmm. you have to be on staff anywhere. I think you can do ministry every single day. I am a worship leader and I love doing ministry in that way, but I'm a hairstylist and I'm behind the chair every single day and I get to talk to people every single day about what's going on in their life, mm-hmm. about how they're struggling or whatever it is and speak words of life over them. And so it's really been cool. I, I, I honestly, um, I have no problem with women in ministry and I know that there are a lot of different outlooks on that yeah. and views on that. And I understand that too. You definitely can have your own opinion and you can have your own thoughts. Um, I just know what the Lord has spoken over me. And he has given me so many gifts and he's given me so many, like so much wisdom. Um, Not saying that I'm the wisest person in the world. (laughs) Um, But I know that he is using my life for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like I can't be effective in ministry as a woman or as a single woman well that would be a lie and and I've even listen we're going to get into a touchy subject okay (laughs) I've even um talked to people that have been like hey I'm really looking to hire a youth pastor I'm really looking to hire a worship leader and I'll ask them okay well like what are you looking for and they'll immediately, and it's it doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man, well, we want them to be married. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, what what if they're single? Well, we just don't think that people can do ministry as effective when they're single. We just think it's a better thing if they're married. And that's the point where I kind of want to look at them and be like, well, Jesus wasn't <laughs> married. Jesus but, was single. But, you know, we can just pass right over that. Um, but I think there is a stigma about um, whether you, you're not mature enough or you haven't experienced enough life mm-hmm. if you haven't gone through the experience of being married mm-hmm. or if you are not a man, which I think is getting less and less these days. Um, and I'm not saying I want to pastor a church because, oh my goodness, <laughs> I do not want to pastor a church, nor do I feel the calling, nor do I feel the Lord is asking me to do that. <laughs> but I know he's called me to live my life for ministry. All right, so, you know, the whole premise of this podcast and of this ministry is 
that God can use whatever kind of pain we go through for a purpose and he can use it to bring him glory. And so what kind of purpose would you say that you've seen God use this specific pain in your life for? Well, I'll have to get a little bit vulnerable for that one. I feel like once I, once I moved back and I was already struggling and then immediately my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as soon as I got back into the States, I actually stepped into a role of taking over the youth department at my church. So I I stepped right back into doing ministry hurt Mm -hmm. and in pain. And that's, that's a hard thing to do anyway. And kind of just trying to float through life. And the truth is I made some really bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think I emotionally, um, I did whatever I could to attach to someone, you know, because I, my life was, my, I was missing my dad and mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to handle my emotions. And so the best way to do it as a seven is to just ignore it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, let's just, I don't have any problem. Let's just be, it's funny. It's great. Let's make jokes. Um, which I'm very known in my friend group for making inappropriate jokes about my dad passing away. It's <laughs> fine. I know. I know. Listen, it is how I have been um, processing. Thankfully, my mom and sister process the same way. So <laughs> I have not hurt them in any way by doing it's this. It's the same coping mechanism. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> inappropriate laughing um, coping <laughs> mechanism. Uh, but I, I made a lot of decisions that I knew were not what the Lord wanted for my life. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I never ran away from the Lord. I always looked him straight in the face and was like, I know you're not okay with this, but I know you're not leaving me. So mm-hmm. I need you to just walk through this with me. And what I realized in that season was that the grace of God is greater than anything I could ever have understood without it. You know, when my dad passed away, I'd never struggled in my life with anger, ever. And all of a sudden, I was an angry person, hmm. a lot. And and I'd had people in the past that I knew had struggled with anger, and I wanted to look at them and go, listen, I understand, but just get over it. <sighs> just get a grip. Like, it's fine. Just decide not to be angry and move on. <laughs> that's, you know, that's not, if you've never struggled with anger, everyone listening to this, that's not how it works. Uh, now I know this. Now I know. And I've, I've realized that it is the grace of God that I'd never struggled with anger in the past. And it was going to be by the grace of God that I was going to be able to get over being angry in the future. And mm-hmm. thankfully that's gotten better, but it opened my eyes up to realize that I had actually believed without even understanding that I could be good enough, that I could accomplish anything the Lord wanted me to do on my own. And all of this made me realize that that wasn't true. It changed my mindset and I didn't even realize that I had this religious mindset that because I didn't I didn't expect that for you mm-hmm. I didn't expect that for someone else but for me I couldn't mess up and I had to do things right because that's that's what I had to do and so I now understand the grace of God more fully than I ever have before 
and I can give other people grace better as well. And so it has been an amazing journey accepting and walking in the grace of God. And I will tell you this, if you've ever fully experienced the grace of God in a way that you feel like you didn't deserve, you never want to experience grace again. (laughs) Not because grace isn't bad, but because it's like, I don't want to ever have to get to that place where I need grace again. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. And, and it's just, it's tough. And so I, I definitely have spoken that to my friends before. I never want to be in a place where I have to experience the grace of God again. You're thankful for it. But I'm you so <laughs> thankful for it. But man, once you sit in it and realize that you need it so desperately, it's because you've gotten to a really, really hard place, a really bad place mm-hmm. um, in your mind or in your actions or in your life. Mm-hmm. And so thankful, thankful, thankful for the grace of God and that it is fully available for me. But if I never had to have it again, <laughs> I would not be sad for <laughs> Oh, So last question, closing this out. What would you tell someone that's maybe struggling with, I don't think I'm good enough, or I don't think, you know, I can do this, or just having those kind of doubts that you were once having? What would you tell that person? Honestly, honestly, I would look at you and I would say, I know you're struggling with feeling like you're not good enough. And that's because you're not. Amen. You're not. You're not good enough. And as long as you continue to live in the mindset of, I am good enough, then you're going to struggle with thinking that you can do everything on your own. And maybe it's time to look at the Lord and realize that you don't have to be good enough because he is good enough. Yes. I I don't have anything to say after that. That's, that's, yes. Well, thank you so much for just talking with us and for being vulnerable and open. And I know anyone that listens to this is going to be able to feel that, hear that, and appreciate that. So thank you so much. Oh, I'm so blessed. Thank you for letting me be part of this. Thanks for tuning in to the Purpose Through Pain podcast today. I pray that you're walking away from this episode with hope and trusting God with whatever comes next for you or whatever you're walking through right now. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. And if you ever have any questions or have a topic that you want me to discuss, just shoot me a DM over on Instagram at katrina.r95. I hope I'll see you next week. And until then, remember that your pain isn't pointless and God's got a beautiful purpose all planned out just for you.